This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as past teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. We started a series last week called Unwrapped, and uh, it's about uh, realizing your God-given gifts. So we're going to unwrap the series, unpack the series, and go and help you. I do want to say this, guests, again, we just love guests in this church. Thank you for trusting us. Thank you for the effort of coming here. Uh, church family, we love you. You show up every week, uh, and we love you so much. We love what God is doing here, and the sound of singing and the sound of conversation in the lobby has been good for my soul. Anyone else in this place? So good. And we're so glad you've joined us today. Um, you ever think back? You ever play that memory game? We're at that age where we just do a lot of, remember when? Our kids are at that age now where we remember when they come down the stairs in their jammies. And we'll be sitting down in the morning and we'll hear our kids get up, our teenage get, teenagers get up, and we picture them coming down as little seven or eight-year-olds in their jammies. We always play the remember when game. Remember when? As a church, as leadership, we've been praying, uh, we, we've been playing that game too, and me and Nancy, and as we are in our fifth year as a church, remember when, remember when, remember when? And uh, I remember when we started this church, when we launched this church, we had no people, we had no money, uh, we had nothing, we had no gear, we just thought we have a dream, we felt like God put it on our heart, and one of the steps to starting this church, our journey was, we did these things called interest socials. Anybody here was at any of those interest socials that we did? A couple of people, a couple of OGs, original gangsters in the house. Uh, interest socials. And we would just book out a, a, a big coffee shop or maybe a, a big ballroom at a hotel and just, we would just share the vision and we'd promote it on social media and people would come. We were shocked that people would show up. And the first one was, uh, I think five years ago in March, this month, this week, and it snowed then too. And what would happen was we had these interest socials. We just share what we think. We had not a clue what we were doing. And some of you knew that. Um, but we'd get there and talk a great game. It's going to be this. And we described what we have today. And we was like, we think it's going to be awesome. If you want to help, <laughs> we need some help. Because we have no talent at all. And uh, I got issues. I got no talent. I got more issues than Time Magazine. And I got no talents. I got no degrees. Some of you got more degrees than a thermometer. You're so smart. But just all, that's all I got is a mouth and I can talk. That's it. You want to help us? If you, some of you are like, I got the same talent. Just, I can talk. And uh, we just share the vision. And then we had these cards at the back. And you would say, fill them out. Like, I want to know more. We put these cards on the table and people would walk out. And then for the next month, we would just take these cards and we'd call people up or email them going, you want to meet for coffee? You wanted to meet with coffee? Let's hear about the vision. Let's talk. And never forget this one couple named Paul and Caitlin. Uh, filled out a card. We didn't know them. We didn't know who they were. We didn't know anything about them. Um, you know them now. They're in our kids' ministry. You've seen Paul with the ukulele. You see Paul? Yeah, and, and Caitlin's got the best smile. They're so sweet as a couple. But we had no idea who they were. And they put, we would like for you to meet with us. So we contacted them and said, would you come to our house? Now, we didn't go to people's houses very often. We went to coffee shops. Come on, I believe in coffee shops. Where are my coffee people? The rest of you, okay, God loves you too. Um, but um, we would met at coffee shops. But Paul and Caitlin said, would you come to our house? And remember, we were driving. It seemed like the drive was forever, right? It felt like it took us forever to get there. Middle of nowhere. And, and just confession, if I can be honest, as we drove further and further away from civilization, the thought crossed my mind, what if they're going to kill us? I'm not joking. We had this conversation. Nancy's like, don't be ridiculous. And the further we went, she goes, do you think they would? I remember thinking, like, like, 
have we told anybody where we're going? Is anybody like we we, we, need, a, we need we need a safe word to get out of here? We need we need we, we need a, we need someone to track us. We need to report like hiking. Never go hiking alone. By the way, this is the address we're at. If you don't hear back from us in an hour, uh, and we we pulled into this house and this long driveway. I was nervous. I was really nervous. I thought, who are these people? We don't know them. And if you know Paul, I had great reason to be nervous. And, you know, greet us at the door with a ukulele. Oh, go God. You know, that's a sign of a serial killer right there. You know, <laughs> come on in. You know, I was like, oh God. And uh, we went in, had an amazing time and ended up being a real divine moment. And they were part, now part of our church and brilliant people, loving people, amazing people. And they did not kill us. It was wonderful. And... <laughs> I'll never forget that night, we were just talking about their house and just the story of buying their house. And he told the story of when they bought their house, it was in the wintertime. And he said, what's amazing is we bought this house, we moved in, in the wintertime. And then in the spring, the snow started to melt and we discovered there was a hot tub on the patio. I was like, okay. He's like, yeah, we just thought it was this big bunch of snow on the patio. And he's like, in, in the spring when it melted, the boys said, what's that? And Caitlin goes, what's that? Paul goes, I don't know what that is. And they went over and sure enough, it was a hot tub, fully functioning hot tub on their patio. They never knew existed. I think about that all the time. I think about that all the time. And sometimes in our walks as Christians, God has provided for us. God has given us. And we walk through this thing never realizing the potential of the life we have. And we're doing, I think about Paul and I'm thinking that winter they would have enjoyed the hot tub in the middle. It makes sense in the wintertime to enjoy a hot tub. And they never realized the full living capacity of their situation until much later. And I think so many times as Christians, we live a life where we don't realize the potential of what God has given us. We're doing things that are harder than they should be. We're not enjoying things as much as we should be. And we wonder why maybe something is missing and God's going, I provided it, I've given it, it's available and we just don't know it or we ignore it and we miss out on the potential God has for us. The series unpacking, un unleashing, unwrapping uh, the life that God has for us, realizing our God-given gifts. Today, I want to continue with this topic today, habits. If you're taking notes, write that down somewhere, habits. Let's pray. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your help. Holy Spirit, thank you. You can do what only you can do. God, we love you so much. Thank you for every guest that's here. I pray they would feel welcome. I pray they would feel value. And God, I pray that you would feel welcome here today. I pray that you would be exalted above anything else. We love you so much, God. And again, we pray for peace. We pray for help. We speak for those that are in, in, in trouble and turmoil today. God, would you step in as only you can do? In Jesus' name, everybody said. A couple years ago, we, um, I led a small group. It was a prayer small group. And the hashtag, which was funny, I never, we never put it on the Nova groups as this, but the, it was called a prayer group. But the hashtag, the hidden hashtag was, um, let's get weird. <laughs> uh, some of you don't find that funny. I thought that was fantastic. Because, um, you know, sometimes prayer can be a little weird. And, and there would be four or five or six, seven people come to this small group that I, that I ran. And, and uh, we, we kind of pride ourselves, if that's the right word, as a church for not being weird. Some of you are like, no, you're really weird. I didn't, this does not feel like church at all to me. But um, we just think we're normal people with an extraordinary God and together we can live an extraordinary life. And we are just average people. We got issues and we got weaknesses and we're just normal. But when God comes into your life, he changes things. Amen? And we're far from perfect. If you're looking for perfect people, this is not the church for you. If you're looking for highly caffeinated, imperfect people, this is the church for you. And um, so we had this prayer group and we just pray and learn how to pray. And, 
But we were open to God speaking through people. And, and, and as we prayed, and I never forget this one night, there was about five or six people there. And this one guy, Corey, who was new to our church, big part of our church now, but Corey was fairly new to his faith and definitely new to our church. And he came to this prayer meeting. It was downtown Halifax and about five of us in the room. And I never forget that night, I'm sitting there and knowing the people in the room, sometimes you know more as a leader than each other knows because of uh, counseling and prayer requests. And they reach out and go, hey, can you pray for this? We're going through this. And I knew different struggles. Like looking out today, I look at your faces and some of you, I know you're, some of you are grieving and some of you are celebrating and some of you are, are celebrating some generosity and some of you are, are navigating relationship stuff and you know things. And in this room, as I looked at every person, there was about three or four people that had significant things they were dealing with. And that was private, not, not hidden, but it was private struggles. They were working through some some challenges. And all of a sudden, Corey, in the middle of this prayer time, as we were saying, hey, if God puts something on your heart, you feel like a, like a leading to pray for something, that might be God speaking to you. This is a safe place. Just feel free to say, hey, I want to pray for this. And all of a sudden, Corey had this moment where he said, I don't know, this is kind of weird. I haven't really had this happen before, but I feel like God wants us to pray for this. And as he says it, I look over at one person, and it's exactly what they're going through. I'm like, he has no idea what they're going through. And this person just looks down, like, let no one know I'm going through that. I'm like, he has no idea. I'm like, yeah, we're going to pray for that. And he goes, but I also feel like we should pray for this. And the person next to this person, it's what they were going through. And then he says, we're going to, I guess there's one more thing I think we need to pray for. And then sure enough, the next person next to them, it was what they're going through. And no one in the room knew what was happening except me going, he just called it what they need. He called it what they need. And he called it what she needs. And I thought, God, you are speaking. I know this, God is giving us gifts. I believe God wants to give us gifts, not to serve ourselves, but to serve others. That night in prayer, we saw something happen where people felt encouraged. They felt like God had seen them. And in the privacy of their own struggle and faith, God was stepping out to help them. I need you to know today, there's more to our living than just showing up to church, singing four songs, hearing a message, going home, and trying to make it to next week. God is bigger than you think he is. God is powerful, and there is some living that we need to unwrap, and we believe in the power of God. Last week, we talked about the three-legged stool, but the one we want to focus on in this series is the power of God. I am not interested in being a part of a faith or a church that goes through the form of religion, but there is no power. The last thing this city needs is more religion. The last thing my family needs is more religion. The last thing our world needs is more religion. Religion has hurt more people than anything else in the history of the world. But true faith in God saves nations, heals families, and reaches people. We want a form of godliness with power. And there's a power available. I don't know, but if I want to give my life to this, I need some power in my life to overcome sin, some power to help my neighbor come out of the ditch and live a higher life, power to influence cities and nations and leaders and believe that God's kingdom will come. Do I have any influences in the room today? Amen. Power of God. Power of God. Today, I want to talk on the topic of habits before we get next week into spiritual giftings. The Bible says that he's given us spiritual gifts. Gifts, and we're gonna, uh, not gifts, <laughs> not gifts as in like texting gifts, as in gifts, G-I-F-T-S. And we're gonna have some gifts and we're going to unpack what God has made available. And some of you need to know that God has given you power in your life or has made available power in your life that can literally change the way you interact with people and go from living a, a, um, a life of just getting by, of surviving to a life of thriving. And we're going to unwrap um, God's gifts in our lives. But I want to start today. Uh, I'd be amiss if I didn't go here talking about habits, talking about habits, spiritual practices. 
if you want to redefine it, disciplines, habits, because you can't have one without the other. And today, uh, I want to talk about habits as we set up next week talking about spiritual gifts. And everybody's excited about the gifts, but I believe the foundation and the base we need to, to build on today as we get ready to go into gifts, talking about what God, how God's wired you, how God's made you, how God wants to bless you, is talking about the foundation today, which is habits, disciplines, talking about the spiritual practices. These are activities that place us in the presence of God so you can continually grow your faith. These are practices that place us in the presence of God so you can continually grow your faith. Make no mistake, being in God's presence is where the growth happens. It's where growth happens. To become like Jesus, that's our goal. Have the same spirit that was on him must fill us. Read your Bible. God the Father had the plan. God the, Jesus, God the Son, Jesus, was the plan. And God the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, helps us follow the plan. And if we're going to do what Jesus did, we need the same power that Jesus had. Make no mistake, I said it last week, we are Jesus followers. We are little Christs. We are obsessed with not just having our sins forgiven, but actually living a life like Jesus, following Jesus, being modeled after Jesus, imitating Jesus. That's the way we need to judge ourselves, not based on that Christian or that social media account or your neighbor. We, we, we look at Jesus going, how am I doing in imitating you, little Jesuses? And to become like Jesus, we need the same spirit that was on him. Holy Spirit. He had the Spirit of God on him, but we must incorporate the disciplines he used in relationship to his Father. If we want to do what Jesus did, we have to do, we have to live like Jesus lived. If we want to have the power that he had, we have to live with the habits that he did. And we're talking about habits today. Spiritual disciplines primarily strengthen individuals, where spiritual gifts are used to strengthen others. Let me say that again. Spiritual habits, we're talking about today, is to strengthen us. The spiritual gifts we're going to get into in the next few weeks are used to strengthen and help others. The spiritual gifts are not to get on a stage to build your social media account and go, look at me. Spiritual gifts are to serve other people. The habits are there to serve us. And if we can get stronger, then we'll be strong enough to help somebody else. We're talking about some habits today. The last thing we need, get ready for a big amen. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to help you today. I'm going to give you a little cue card. Get ready. This is where a big amen comes in. The last thing we need are more people using their giftings and losing their character. Churches, even this week in media, God, I don't judge. I say, God, help us all. Churches in the nation. You hear about people every week that it doesn't matter. They grow in their giftings, but they lose their character. What would it profit the world to gain the whole world and lose our soul? We need to grow our character. Dallas uh, Willard, uh, the great theologian, his quote is this. The elephant in the room and the obvious truth is that we're either being ignored or unaddressed. It's a problem that no one wants to talk about and it's non-discipleship. The problem is not the many moral failures of financial abuses or the amazing general similarity there are between Christians and non-Christians. These are only effects of an underlying problem. And here's the problem, that there is a division between professing Christians and those who are all in. Non-disciples going, I'm a Christian, and there's this gap widening between those that say, no, no, I'm more than just a Christian on Instagram, and I have more than just Proverbs 31 on my Instagram bio. I am all in, and that gap seems to be growing. For those that say, yeah, I, I know God, to those that go, no, no, I am all in, passionate about following Jesus. 
This is important. Spiritual habits, these disciplines do not get you a relationship with God. They do not impress God. You need to know that. You cannot do enough to get a relationship with God. You can't give enough. You can't sing enough. You can't serve enough. You can't read enough. They do not get you a relationship with God. They do not impress God. But spiritual practices are the very things that can place us in the presence of God so we can be transformed and find out what we're called to do. Spiritual disciplines and habits get us into the presence of God. Say it this way. They bring health to a relationship we are already in. Your habits do not get your relationship with God, but they get health to a relationship you're already in. Here's a few habits that I want to unpack today real quick that we're aiming to build on. There's so many. I don't have time to unpack them. Even in this book, if you want to go through, there's so many that I can't go into today. But here's a few I feel for Nova Church we need to highlight today. We've been highlighting, but I want to highlight again. Number one, habit of confession. These are my confession. Anybody else hear the Usher song or just me? Okay. If you didn't get that, you're over 45. Okay. Confession. Confession. James 5, 16. Says it this way. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Some of us were raised in a context where confession was an official religious duty to be rather than a habit or a discipline to be desired. Some of you grew up in a faith and, and, and a type of faith where confession was a dreaded duty. But listen, there is power in confession. Authentic confession is sharing your deepest weaknesses and failures with God and a few trusted others so we can experience generous forgiveness and healing. Confession brings a freedom that few things do. It's a spiritual habit of confession. The Bible says to confess to one another and to God. There's a freedom. And I think it's a habit that we don't bottle up our sin. We don't hide our sin. We don't keep our best foot forward and fake it till we make it. But with trusted few and to God, we come and say, I've messed up. I'm not where I need to be. You're not looking for perfection, but you're looking for authenticity. And I need you to know today I'm not where I, I was, but I'm not where I need to be. Would you help me, God, today? I have sinned before you. I am a saint, but I am sinning today. That is not something to avoid. It's something to embrace. Confession is good for the soul. Confession. We read in James 5, 14, I don't get time to read it today, that it says before that verse about confessing to one another that there's many sick among you. And we always think of sick as physical sickness, from colds to cancer, but it's more than that. It can be anything, a broad meeting, including physical sickness, emotional sickness, mental sickness, sexual sickness, spiritual sickness. And there's so many of us that are unwell, if we would confess, it's a pathway to healing and generous forgiveness. Don't run from your father, run to your father. Go, God, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. And to close friends and close uh, leadership and people that you trust that believe in you and not hold something against you but want to lift you up. There's a freedom with confession. It says even in scripture when you confess, the reason why some are sick in all these areas because they bottle it up instead of confessing it. And it's good for our souls. We've been trained to believe weakness, the weakness of sin should be covered up and kept away. And we could keep up appearances and be confident, good Christians and every time we do this, the Holy Spirit is grieved and the power of God becomes limited. You read the Bible, you even read about Samson. The Holy Spirit was not in him, but the Holy Spirit was on him. And when he bottled up his sin, and instead of repenting, he, 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 just, he just kept hiding it. His demise was intimate. 
Confession is good for the soul. May we be quick to repent. Quick to say, God, forgive me, because he is quick to forgive. If you're weak in any way, run to God today. Some of you, oh man, if you knew what I did or what I thought or what I've done. Listen, if you're weak in any way, run to God, confess and ask for help. And then run to community and confess and ask for support. If we can't be a community where you can confess your sin, then we're not a community of God. And we have a community that says, no, I, I need help. I have people messaging us all the time. I need help. And we're like, okay, let's help you. Let's get a plan. Let's help you. Let's build those habits. Let's work on your giftings. Let's build support and help you from where you are to where you need to be. Confession is good for the soul. Second habit, real quick, is prayer. It's prayer. If you've been around Nova at all in the last six months, we, that's all we've talked about is prayer. Every series is about prayer. Every announcement is about prayer. All we do is pray. Just to make it today, you've got to pray, as the poet MC Hammer said. Pray. Again, I'm showing my age today. Some of you, thank you for the three that laughed, the old people that understand old hip-hop. Thank you so much. First Thessalonians 5.17, it's a short verse, but it says it so well. It says this, never stop praying. So easy to say, so hard to do. It says never stop praying. What the author is trying to tell us is prayer is not an event, it's a lifestyle. There's this quote we use during our prayer series that prayer will either be your steering wheel or it'll be your spare tire. And how you see prayer will determine how you use it. If prayer is in your life, a connection to God is vital. You're always praying. It's a steering wheel. If prayer is something that's a last resort based on a diagnosis, a bill, or, or a relationship problem, it'll be a spare tire, which you only think about when things go off the road. But if prayer is a part of your life, it's always on your mind, and you're trying to connect with God, it's a steering wheel. May prayer be our steering wheel, not our spare tire. God, what do you want to do with my life? God, help our kids. God, help our marriage. God, help me at work today. Help me be an influence. God, what's your direction for this? God, how do you want me to deal with that? God, help me bless that person today and steers us. Uh, I don't know what kind of car I'm driving. It must be a big bus at this point. Just, just kind of, you know, just God, help us today. But a steering wheel, not a spare tire. Prayer is a lifestyle, not an event. Prayer is the habit that connects us to the power of God. I'm going to say that again. Prayer is the habit that connects us to the power of God. Connection is everything. Come on, some of you singles that are trying to date, that is connection is everything. They can have money and talent and looks, but if there's no connection, there's nothing. In marriage, what do you fight for on date night? And, 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 and with loving and serving each other is to keep that connection. Because you can live in the same house, have two cars and two kids and a picket fence and a golden retriever. But if you have no connection, you don't have anything. Why? Connection is everything. I love this tweet I saw last week. Put that up for one of the leaders in Ukraine. Do we have that slide? This is one of the government officials, and he tweeted out to Elon Musk. And he says, while you try to colonize Mars, Russia is trying to occupy Ukraine. While your, rocket, while your rockets successfully land from space, Russian rockets attack Ukrainian civil people. We ask you to provide Ukraine with Starlink stations and to address uh, sane uh, Russians to stand. If you don't know, one of the first things you do in war is you cut off communications. Because if you can't connect, you can't strategize. Connection is everything. And what happened was the internet was getting shut down. And I love this. I'm pretty sure this is Iron Man, by the way. This is such an Iron Man moment right now for Elon Musk. He's like, Starlink Services is now active in Ukraine. You know, more terminals en route. What he said is, I'm going to make a global, I'm going to use my satellites to give free internet to the whole country. 
And now the president of Ukraine is tweeting and Instagramming and doing live streams and he's motivating his people and his troops. Why? Because connection is everything. Prayer is the connection to the power of God. If the connection is down, church, the power is out. Last night, I was like, is the power going to go out? Why? Because if, if it gets windy, the connection on the lines gets broken, then the power goes out. If the connection is down, the power goes out. Prayer is the connection to God. And when you're connected to God, when the prayers go up, the power comes down. We need power in our life. There's no point understanding your gift mix and what God's possibly given you if you have no connection to the throne of heaven. Prayer is the habit that connects us to God. What's another habit? These are my habits. Habits. Worship. Worship is giving attention and ascribing worth to God. Worship is a discipline because we face continual temptation to worship many things other than God. Sometimes we only use worship in the context of church, but you need to know we are born to worship. When I was growing up, I don't know if they still do this anymore. We used to put posters on our wall. Remember posters? Remember, remember the posters? I had an Isaiah Thomas poster on my wall. Number 11 for the Detroit Pistons. Six feet tall. Best point guard of my era. Some of you are going to argue that, but I am right. He had the short shorts. back. It was inappropriate, but he had the short shorts back then in the NBA. Isaiah Thomas was on my wall. Bo and Luke Duke from the Dukes of Hazzard were on my wall. Not Daisy Duke because I was a Christian. Bo and Luke Duke were on my wall. And what I was saying was, that's my favorite TV show and that's my favorite basketball player. We are born to worship. What's on your screensaver, on your phone? It's probably what you worship. What, 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 what's your screen time? How much are you on Instagram? It's probably what you worship. Where does your money go? It's what you, we were born to worship. We were born to elevate, to put things higher. When we worship God, it's the discipline uh, to face the continual temptation to worship other things other than God. And when we give in our offering, when we give of our words, when we give of our singing, when we lift our hands, we're worshiping God. And while there are parts of worship we can practice as individuals, the best place for worship is in community. Showing up at the synagogue for Sabbath worship was a part of Jesus' schedule. I won't, I won't read it. I'll read it in Luke 4.16. It says this. He went to Nazareth where he was brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went to the synagogue as was his custom or as was his habit. Corporate worship was a part of Jesus' Habit says it was his custom, which means you knew where to find him, when to find him, and how to find him. It needs to be a part. And in a time when people are checking out of worship, going, I don't need that. I got my own thing with God going. No, no, no. The habit we need will help bring the power that we want. And the habit of worship, privately but also corporately. What's another habit? Service. If I could stop here, and I don't have time today. Service. There seems to be such a selfishness on this world more and more. Uh, there was a clip online last week. I won't say who, um, but it was a social. It was a it was a talking show um, where they just talked about things of the day. And this person got on talking about Ukraine, how sad it was. And her main point was, because I want to go to Italy for vacation, but this war is going to get in the way. And first it was COVID, and now this war. And I really pray it ends soon so I can get to Italy on vacation. And I thought, it's my God, we're so selfish. But here's what I realized. I'm selfish. My mother had this quote growing up. She says, Mike, never forget, people are more concerned about their headache than your cancer. I thought, that's kind of bold. And I started to realize, you know what? I'm more concerned about what I'm going through than what someone else is going through. I'm more concerned about getting home and getting a nap today. Come on, somebody. 
than the person that's homeless in our city. Am I the only one who want to confess that? I'm more concerned about my bills and my debt than the people that are losing their homes and losing their lives a few thousand miles away in Ukraine. Why? Because we are innately, we are selfish beings. Service kills the selfishness. Whatever we might do for others, we do for Christ, the Bible says. Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man came to be served, not, came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Because Jesus is our example. When we, when we serve, we'll become like Jesus. And he learned his discipline through serving. Hebrews 5, 8. Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. Give you a little, a little, a little secret. We suffer here when we set up and tear down. But it's the most holy I feel all day. I'm not earning God's presence, but it connects me in a way that few things other. Why? It takes me off the throne of my life and it puts something else there. Serving kills selfishness. I'm going to blow through this last one. Study is a habit. At the heart of this love and desire is to know the written Word of God. We believe God speaks in many ways. He speaks through nature. He speaks through spiritual gifts. He speaks through community. He speaks through reason. He speaks through experience. Yet the Bible is the ultimate source. That's why we're a big Bible people here. The B-I-B-L-E. Some of you are like, I knew it was a cult. <laughs> How do they know what to say? Hebrews 4.12 talks about the word of God being alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest of swords. It cuts between the soul and the spirit. It gets right into the heart of people. It'll expose things. It'll elevate things. It'll help you. You can't separate. Please don't miss this. You cannot separate the word of God from the spirit of God. So many people want the power. Listen, you cannot separate the word of God from the spirit of God. It's a habit. If you want to unwrap God's power, we're talking about unwrapping in this series. If you want to unwrap God's power, you've got to unpack God's word. That's the truth. And that's why we are going through the Bible. We're going to go through it again soon. We keep elevating. If you need a Bible, go get one. It's free. Why? Because this changes you. If you unpack this, you can unwrap that. I need the power of God in my life. It starts with unpacking the word of God in my life. We have a saying as a family. Nancy brought it into our home called ABCD. When our kids were little learning the ABCs. ABCD. Whenever there was a challenge in our home, the kids had an attitude, the kids were struggling with their character, she'd say A, B, C, D. Not C, B, D, that's something else. <laughs> a, B, C, D. Attitude affects behavior. Behavior affects character. Character affects your destiny. Every time our kids would be struggling to make a choice, or they come down in a bad mood, or her husband would come down in a bad mood, She's like, A, B, C, D. I'm like, I know, right? Your attitude affects your behavior. Your behavior affects your character. Your character will determine your destiny. Yes. Here's the thing. We need a destiny as a church that's a powerful church. Our destiny is that when we showed up in this city with other churches, that our city became better because of us. Businesses are better because they have Christians working for them, not worse. You're not anti this, anti that, because you're kingdom of God. They are better. Read your Bible. Because of Joseph, because of Daniel, they were always better when men and women of God stepped in. Businesses were better. And every employer said amen. We have a destiny. We want to make a difference. We believe people can be healed. People can be saved. People can be forgiven. People that are lonely can be reached with the community. We believe God steps in. He makes all things new. That is the destiny we want. 
But if we want that destiny, it starts with our attitude saying, God, if you have it, I want it. I'm not, I'm good enough. I've got enough. I come, I got my nice red chair. I sit in, I sing a couple songs. I put a little tip in the offering. I'm good. No, no, our attitude is God. If you have it, I want it. I want everything you have. I want to unwrap every gift you have for me. That's my attitude. Well, what's my behavior? It's my choices. It's my habits. It's my habits. My behavior is my habits. I want to serve. I want to read. I want to study. I want to pray. I want to worship. I want to give. I want to serve. I want God help my habits. Why? Because I know my habits will determine my character. Character is what you are when no one's looking. When you're private, when you walk out this room, when I walk off the stage, when the camera's shut down, because my attitude determines my behavior and my behavior, my habits determine what kind of character I have. And my character over the long term will leave a destiny of destruction or of life. I want to encourage you today. We need to unwrap some powerful living in our church, but it starts with habits. Today, church, I want to encourage you. God has more for you. There's power available. I believe God wants to speak things to you, help us in this season of unknown, going, how am I going to navigate my finances? How am I going to navigate these relationships? How am I going to raise kids in this season? God wants to speak to you. We have an unfair advantage. It's called the Spirit of God. I believe there's wisdom available, powerful. I believe there's healings available. I believe we are coming into a season where we will pray for the sick and will be healed. Marriages will be restored. Mental health will be helped. I believe there are promises and there is power. We need to unwrap it. It starts today with doing the character, doing the habits. Why? Because it's for us. The power is for them. The gifts are for them. But the character and the habits are for us. Today, church, we're on a journey. I don't know about you, but I want to unwrap some, 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 some presence in my life. I want to unwrap some gifts in my life. I want to unwrap his goodness in my life. Can someone say amen? Come on, let's stand to your feet. We're going to sing this song as we close. Unwrapped living. So many people have a hot tub they didn't know about. They've got the presence of God trying to say, listen, listen, this does not need to be this difficult. If you would just listen, it doesn't need to be this hard. If you just unwrap some things and God wants to speak to us, amen. If you're comfortable, if you're able to, we just lift both hands. Let me bless you as we sing this song, man. God, I thank you for today. Holy Spirit, would you come and do what only you can do? Would you unwrap your gifts in our lives? God, would you help us with our desire, our attitudes, our habits, our character? And God, may we be a people of destiny, people of power and of conviction. In Jesus' name, come on, church, let's sing this together as a worship song, putting him on the throne today.